Hello, and welcome to the Fancy Podcast annual Halloween movie roundup. This year, we've got quite the lineup of guests. It is not just me. It is not just me and Abby. Say hello, Abby. Hi. It is not just me and Abby and Jen. Say hello, Jen. Hi, everybody. It is me and Abby and Jen and John Rhodes. Say hello, Jen. What is up? Listen to Sauce Talk. There you go. Immediately promoing. So, yes, we are trying the high-risk, medium-reward, four-person chat to talk about Halloween movies. Um, Mixed, hybrid locations. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully everything's good. First, I want to introduce everyone. Uh, So, obviously, as the engineer of this plan... I am the most enthusiastic about proceeding with watching an insane number of Halloween movies. Uh, and the rest of you are various degrees, I think. My perception would be definitely Abby is the second most enthusiastic about watching yeah. scary movies. And then, I don't know, John and Jen might have to duke it out for least enthusiastic. But um, how are you guys feeling about watching a bunch of scary movies and talking about them? Oh, I wish I didn't have to watch scary movies ever. But talking about them is better than watching them, so... I will also note that Jen enjoyed planning, figuring out what movies to watch. Like she really got into the process of choosing movies. Yeah. He eventually tricked my brain into like getting into reading lots of lists of Halloween movies and watching trailers and like ranking them and strategizing on it. And that was also more fun than watching scary movies. I kind of split the difference and mostly just watched movies that weren't very scary that that you still accepted. We ended up doing mostly that as well. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. It's the way to do it. I was so we made a spreadsheet, of course, Actually, multiple spreadsheets. We, I <laughs> made well. There were guest contributions to the spreadsheet uh, of what movies we all watched, and I watched all of them because I wanted to be able to talk about every movie we we're going to talk about. Ended up being like thirty-four movies, something like that. So um, many, thirty-four. <laughs> it might be thirty-seven. I'd, I'd have to look at it anyway. But uh, Jen watched the second most. The the reluctant spouse. Ended up being dragged into the second most movies, even though she is by far the least enthusiastic. So thank you, Jen, for your uh, sportsmanship and game being game for this whole thing. It was making you so happy. And that kind of made me sad. So <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> then I felt like I should help because he was like watching them alone at night after I went to bed. I don't know. Which he still continued to do, actually. I thought if we watched them together, he might stop that. But no, he just watched more movies. I just made more movies happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Kind of backfired. So so anyway, I really appreciate it. So here, here is the uh, complete rundown, because oh we need the listeners to know. Top to bottom. Yes, it's 37, in fact. Uh, Skinnamarink, The Nun, The Nun 2, Evil Dead 2013, Evil Dead Rise, Neroi, The Curse, Boogeyman, Talk to Me, Infinity Pool, Bones and All, Pony Pool, May, Bodies, 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 Madeline's Madeline, Train to Busan, American World in London, Housebound, Drag Me to Hell, Slither, No One Will Save You, Megan, Magic Magic, Dear, Deadly Friend, Wishmaster, The Lodge, Fall the House of Usher, which is obviously a show, not a movie, The Craft, show, A Little Shop of Horrors, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Blade 1, Blade 2, Blade Trinity, A Haunting in Venice, Wishmaster 1, Wishmaster 2, Christine, and Hatching. That's Listeners, list. please write in and let us know how much you got out of that reading of that right? list. It'll all also be in the show notes, of course. But uh, So that's the universe of movies we're going to talk about. But as I said, different people watched uh, different subsets of these movies. And so also off the bat, I wanted to mention the rating system we're going to be using. Rating system. I want everyone 
including Jen, who's very enthusiastic. <clears throat> this house is full of COVID. Um, I want to rate every. That movie. might be the scariest movie you watched the whole month, right? Uh, no, the scariest thing I saw <laughs> all month was uh, <laughs> pantry moth grubs climbing the walls in our uh, in our laundry area. Yeah. Whole separate horror story nope. that also unfolded in the apartment. We got pantry moths. Too Fucking nightmare. Too many Halloween. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I. I want to rate every movie we discuss, or the ones that we're interested in rating. Some of them I'm going to breeze through. Uh, on three scales. Three scales. On a scale of one to five. One to five jack-o'-lanterns, how Halloween-y the movie is. One to five skeletons, how scary the movie is. And one to five thumbs, how many thumbs up you give the movie. And yes, up to five thumbs up. So that's like an AI art sort of hand that has five yeah. thumbs. Yeah, it's just real creepy. Uh-huh. And the first movie that I wanted to talk about is the, the only one that all four of us watched, and that would be Megan with a three for the E. The android dancing girl, evil friend, kill everyone movie uh, that came out several months ago. I believe Jen and I and Johnny all watched it shortly after it released. And Abby, you watched it recently? I watched it like uh, two days ago. Yes, it is cracking me up that you did all this in 37 movies and you couldn't get the four of us to watch more than one movie that was the same. Before we started recording, you were telling John like some other ones that he should prioritize, I think. So I think maybe in a in a space of more time, perhaps there would have been some other ones like Bones and All, maybe. Um, and Jen, did you watch Pontypool? Pontypool? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think maybe there probably would have been some other ones, but it is yeah. funny to me. That Megan, which I always say like May Thregan. Thregan, um, yeah. Yeah, May Thregan. Yeah. Um, that that's the one of all this long list of things. There it are, was. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. There are five movies that three of us watched, but one mm, movie that four got of us close. watched. All right. Yeah. You're saying, what about Megan? I thought that the trailer made it seem like it was going to be scarier. It was so not scary. And so I scary. can be freaked out by kids and like there's certainly I felt like there there's potential in that movie to have it be creepier than it was like she's like the robots like sitting in a dark room with a child you know for some of it like there could be sort of scarier moments and I thought it was so I was intrigued by the storytelling because it was so much more about um sort of like the family life or just like the aunt and the niece than it was really about the murderous robot I enjoyed it. Like it was a, I thought it was like a tight little movie that was fun to watch, but I was, I think I was shocked that it wasn't any scarier than it was. And like how, how much less scary it was than I thought it would be based on how it was presented to me. Who was the aunt in that? Alison Williams. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It was uh, less scary than I anticipated. Cause I, I do think like haunted kids is one of the scariest things. And that's, she's like very close to that being a haunted kid robot. Mm hmm. Yeah, like if you wanted to make the argument that this is a closer to an action comedy, right, than a horror movie, I think I'd be fine with it. And but it, it's definitely sold, like Abby said, as a like straight up like you're gonna we're gonna scare your pants off. And you get in there and it's like, well, it's pretty silly, and you don't see any. You very rarely even come close to seeing the actual bad things. It's fun. I really had a yeah. great time watching it, and. Given that I am a scaredy pants, I was glad that it was the silly thing instead of the scary thing. Uh, but yeah, like, I'm not gonna. So I'll get out ahead of it. It's one skeleton for this guy. 
I have a question <laughs> about the skeletons. Is it zero? No, one to, five. one to five. One is the minimum. So one is like a Disney movie. So you weren't listening when we talked about. I guess not. Spe- like Pat made it pretty clear. But like <laughs> one is like an as like a romantic comedy. It would include that, but okay. if you're, you know, it could. You could have it. It could be logarithmic in your mind. Yeah, you could okay. have right, right, two right, could right, be right. ten times. I retract the question. Point. My, I, I, I was thinking of it as a one point four, and I rounded down to one. Sounds good. Thank you for that clarity, John. I appreciate precision. Um. So yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot as well. I thought it was very fun, very silly. Um. Obviously, the viral, uh, dancing in it was very. The, the dance is the whole thing. That's the it whole was trailer. That's hypnotic everything. and entertaining. Yeah, I thought it was really fun, John. Preview. Uh, I think that the monster in the hatching had some Megan vibes in parts um, that we can talk about later. I, I tried to uh, pick apart a few th- common themes that some of these things had in common. One was my weird best friend is a killing monster, which is in uh, this and the hatching and deadly friend, as the name would imply. Uh, the other one that because it was already brought up, Allison Williams being very was in this and I thought she was entertaining and good. And uh, like who would have thunk that she would be like uh, a darling of horror movies between this and get out. Um, I thought that, that she's been in two like high, high tier horror movies of the past few years. And then, and then when I rewatched drag me to hell, um, I was reminded that Justin Long was in both drag me to hell and barbarian, which are also two high watermarks in recent horror movies. Another unlikely person to be um you know so high up in the tier so um who knew that that person would be so good at horror between allison williams and justin long is it necessarily that unlikely though i was gonna say anyone who saw her in girls probably was like yeah perfect maybe maybe it's just like these are replacement level actors who we've seen be good in things and also it helps to have a background with the performer before they come into the movie. We identify with them more quickly for good or ill. And so it all just lines up and it makes sense that somebody you've seen in a bunch of TV shows and mediocre things is uh, the person who's really good in a scary movie. I also feel like a lot of horror movie characters, you're not like looking for a lot of depth. Yes. So you kind I, of, for sure. You just want like a person who evokes a certain vibe very quickly. And, and what better way to evoke a vibe quickly than to already know them. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's Justin Long. He's going to do Justin Long stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's Marty from Girls. I bet she's like a privileged white lady. Mm-hmm. We get into it real quick, don't yep. we? But in Megan, she also was a genius robotics person. <laughs> yeah. It's funny I don't how know. you just Marty forget that, that part. Robot shit. That's a good point. <laughs> that part doesn't <laughs> stick with you, actually. <laughs> Justin Long was always a super creep, so it was yeah. no big deal when he ran the shitty Airbnb. <laughs> I forgot she was supposed to be a genius in that. Uh, she is really yeah. genius. So I did like I did like in um, M. Thregan that um, sh- it felt like it was really trying to build a lot of logic and sort of like build the movie like a robot and like whatever. Like really, it was very it was some very good storytelling. And then I do feel like at the end it went from like Megan is killing to protect her charge to like Megan just kills now. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. Like it, there was I think there's like the campy switch got flipped in a way that really worked that I think like leaned into the comedy, but I, I liked that it was like very precise and deliberate. And then it was just like, yeah, I don't know. Now she's doing the dance and killing and don't worry about it. You guys, it's fine. I, I think that is a good way to make a fun movie, establish <laughs> the rules and then don't be afraid yeah. to like stretch them a little bit. We're going to talk more about Wishmaster later. I, oh I know. God. I think that's going to actually, I think that's going to come up a lot with what makes an enjoyable, <laughs> scary movie. 
Uh, we watched Megan, I think, well, well before Scary Movie Season, so I don't think I was thinking of it of as like a part of this project. And I think when I watched it, I'd heard it was so good, and I, I didn't think it was bad, but I was like, oh, okay. But now having watched the rest of these, I'm like, actually, no, I think it was pretty good. <laughs> like, I, th- I think I forget that horror movies do often do a very bad job with that balance of like just embracing the rules of the thing and just going for it. And all some of them are just like unwatchably bad. When you give out those thumbs, keep that in mind. Right, I I need to. Like this, this, this needs more thumbs than you might otherwise yes. think. Are these are these horror movie thumbs or overall thumbs? I think they're overall thumbs though. You gotta talk to Pat. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, overall, I okay. mean, enjoyability thumbs, not quality thumbs. Enjoyability thumbs. Yeah, fun thumbs. No, I wrote quality on my little notepad here. I'm gonna change yeah. it to enjoyability. Um, I think your thumbs can be whatever you want them to be. My last point on this is just uh, so this is written by Akila Cooper, the same person who wrote Malignant. And Malignant was also an insane, off-the-rails, pretty fun horror movie. It was more insane and more horrific and more violent than Megan. Megan is was definitely was it was released at PG thirteen. I don't know if it was like cut down to PG thirteen or if it was always going to be PG thirteen. But I felt that PG thirteen when I was watching it, like it felt like they held back a little bit, and they do not hold back in Malignant. Um, I think. Megan is probably more successful at what it's doing than Malignant was, but Malignant is also extremely enjoyable and insane and uh, really goes over the, all over the place. I'm pro well, the PG-13. And- I think more people need to use that restraint for themselves. I, some of these movies are just so gross. Like, And I understand that people are into that for horror movies, but I feel like... I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, but sometimes the grossness doesn't add anything. Yeah. And I, I, I think Megan was a better movie because it was more restrained i yeah. think um the person who directed megan also directed housebound oh uh, yep yep mm-hmm. i have one more thing on megan okay uh i think i have definitely read that it was initially an r and they maybe even during the production were like this is has potential to be bigger than that yeah. and they did isn't there a r cut on peacock or i was something? gonna say there's an unrated having yeah. watched did anybody time, watch that i haven't seen that oh, that's interesting. The unrated version don't have a lot of i, I like megan but I, again scaredy cat so i'm pretty cool i with think pg-13 i, I wonder think... how many horror movies are pg-13 it's got to be like very few to none it's some um, you might be surprised i think it's a lot of the old ones oh really and also right? like, so. ones that are Sorry, drop my phone. Target. Jen dropped her phone on the floor. Extremely loudly. Don't worry, they heard it. They heard it. Um, I'm going to refer back to that constantly throughout the rest of the episode, so don't cut that. Okay. I'll probably do it again. So. Angie's going to do it again. All right, let's hear your ratings. Uh, how many skeletons? How many smiley faces or thumbs? I apologize, and I got lost. Oh no. Oh wait, are you there? Yeah, you're okay. there. Okay. No. Yeah. Whew, that was brief. At May- the risk of revealing that I wasn't listening, is it through four or five? Oh my god! Oh, okay. We don't, that, should, we, should we start the record over? If she's not ready. We, we may not, we not be ready as a group. Five. Okay, five. It's it's out of five. How many jack o' lanterns? How many skeletons? How many thumbs? One through five. Not zero through four. Not zero through five. One through five. Jen, you go first. You're the most prepared to answer this question. I hate you. I want to say before I rate anything that I am not prepared to answer for these ratings. This is going to be extremely you, off the cuff. I have not thought about Can you give us some other Halloween deeply. movies and tell us what you rate them so we can get your scale in order? Well, that's we're the thing. We're going to get the there, and that's what's going to happen. It's all going to but fall like, apart what, 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 and stop making sense. Do Halloween. Do the original Halloween first. Halloween. The scariest movie I've seen recently is that one that we watched with Gary and Abby with the fucking mirrors and shit, and I hated it. Oculus. Oculus. And I don't think that's probably as scary as it gets, but fuck that movie. 
No. That sounds bad. I have no idea what this is. I mean, when she says the scariest movie she's seen recently, that was probably like nine years ago. Uh, I think it was before <laughs> it Lily was born. It stayed with me. <laughs> yeah, it was before Lily was born. Of so, course it was. So it was more than seven years ago. Sounds like ago. a terrible experience. So my, my impulse is to rate that as a four because I understand it's not as scary as it gets. But it's it's a five for me because it's about the scariest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Fair, yeah. I just let's be just be free flowing with <laughs> the like, let's ratings. Just get through this. No, I don't. I don't mean that timing wise, but I do mean like, yeah. I don't know. I think just like whatever, whatever your heart feels. Okay. About Which one do you want me to well, start your bones. with? Skeletons. Skeletons is scary. This. Bones and all, if you will. Yeah. Bones are their money. <laughs> I will give it two skeletons. skeletons because I was not zero scared. There were moments where I was not feeling like I like I I could tolerate the movie, but there were moments where I was like, oh, is this going to get scarier? I don't know if I'm going to like this. I was not a lot of them. It was mostly not scary. I, I feel like it's a one and a half, but it's I'm just giving it a two. All right. What's next? Jack-o'-lanterns. How Halloween-y. How oh, much of the Halloween spirit? Two. I feel like I almost forgot it was a horror movie. It wasn't very spooky. It felt like mostly it was a Black Mirror episode, but a little bitter. Um, How many thumbs out of five? Three. Oh, I'm surprised. I thought it'd be four. All right, Abby. Okay. Um, I skeletons. My skeletons are all Halloween skeletons. So, like, I'm not saying like a rom com would be zero skeletons. I'm sort of saying like in the vein of the scary movies we watch, just for whatever context. So, I will give this a one and a half of skeletons. Um, I will give a scale it into a 10 point scale. Sorry, pet. Um, I'll give it. Yeah. Like a one of jack-o'-lanterns and I'd give it a three and a half thumbs up. You're welcome. I'm, I'm signing on to Abby's um, half scale and also Abby's interpretation of skeletons. Thank you, John. Are you going to further I... desecrate the rating system? I didn't know we could do one and a half, so I am changing my skeletons to one and a half. Thank you, Abby. I also want to uh, take a quick aside and say that I would love to co-sign Jen's review of M3 Egan as Black Mirror, but a little better. That is exactly what this is, and it's, it's, it aspired to be that, and it achieved that. So good job by this movie. I'll give it a two for Jack-O-Lanterns. It's a little scary, but not really... Is it even in autumn? I don't know. And then uh, I'll get—I I will give it a four. I think I like this movie more than you guys did. I think I think you're probably like in the four in thumbs, the right. Thumbs, sorry, I feel like that was like the critical consensus. I I feel well, like I just don't enjoy things enough, and that's why I didn't give it a four. Haterism. Yes, exactly. I I'm not using these half scales. This is not what I signed up for. I'm saying it is a. Two jack-o'-lantern, two skeleton, four thumbs. I, I also enjoyed it a lot. I think it's fully, there's fully some scary things in it. I think I think you can't discount the murder. There's a lot of murder. Um, they show a dog and then cut away and later the dog is dead. Yeah, exactly. Very scary. That, man, If I, I should have taken notes on the number of dogs killed in these movies. It's not. <laughs> this movie loves to hint at dog death. <laughs> there were a lot of dogs that were murdered. Abby. Yes. You and me, you're in the hot seat. Let's talk about Boogie Boogeyman, Housebound, and a Haunting in Venice. Okay, let's do it. Boogeyman. Uh, Boogeyman. Uh, we saw it in the theater, which was fun, and I was scared of it in places. I thought it was like a very 
a sort of a fun, scary movie. One of the scarier movies we watched, I think, in terms of being like sort of like traditional jump scares. Um, but also, I had to remember that we saw it. Like, I remembered going to a movie with you, and if you had asked me the name of it, I wouldn't have been able to say. So, like, it was a very sort of nothing burger of a scary movie in my ultimate experience but i did bring a blanket from the car to have in the theater with me to hide under during some scary parts yes i also essentially forgot that i watched this movie like the day after we watched it together yes um it was it was, it was fine it was dumb it was exactly what the trailers said it was going to be it was a monster horror movie um it it was scary in the places you would expect uh the plot wasn't especially interesting the monster was surprisingly bad looking effects wise. Yes. Um, yeah. It was sort of like cheap. It felt very old school to me. Like just sort of like it, it wasn't doing any more than it set out to do. It, it had a lot of old tropes and then, yeah, the monster was pretty stupid looking. So I feel like if you wanted an old school monster in the closet, sort of scary movie, this could fit that bill very well, but otherwise very forgettable. That's my overall assessment. Relatively low on the scale. I'm not going to rate everything that we breeze through quickly, but... Yeah, no, that wasn't... It not, yeah, low on all fronts, I think. Housebound. <clears throat> Housebound, <clears throat> directed by the same person who directed M. Thregan. Um, I... It is... I, I thought it was fine. I think I liked it a little bit less than you did. I thought it was a really great conceit and had some very funny moments but i wrote down in my notes that it was fun adjacent like i thought it wasn't like megan was fun i thought housebound had the potential to be fun and like didn't totally pull it off um and the big twist of the movie for me personally was as gary and i were watching it we realized we had seen it before and remembered literally nothing we did not none of it rang a bell at all until a pivotal moment towards the end where someone jumps out of a wall and we were like, wait, have we seen a movie where someone else also lived in the walls of a house or no? Um, and it turns out we had actually just watched that movie before. Yeah. I had not seen it before. Um, I liked it more than you did. Not a ton, but I thought it was a, a pretty solid um, like, you know, comedy horror combination, like especially with the um, Britishisms and all that, it it sounded or Australianism. Australianism. It, yeah. it, 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 it reminded me a lot of um, not nearly as good as, but like Shaun of the Dead vibes, um, like the silly townspeople kind of being, you know, pretty pretty entertaining and silly. The dialogue being good and funny. Uh, so so I thought it was fun. The twist was kind of stupid, and and the character involved with the twist was like not a great addition to the movie overall. No, um, agreed. But, but it was still pretty fun. I, I, yeah, I definitely liked it a little more than you did, but it was, it was not, it also was for I wouldn't be surprised if I forgot I watched it in a couple of years as well. Well, yeah, fully forgot. And, but I did write down, I liked, I agree. Like I, there was a hot fuzz vibe in, I think a, a ghost attacks someone and one of the police, I like cuts to a police officer being like, so are you going, happy to stick with the story that he was attacked by a vengeful ghost then? <laughs> like, and I just, there were some very funny moments that I liked. Um, yeah, but it was just fine, I thought, and forgettable. Yeah, I, I think if Edgar Wright gave like a C-plus performance in making a movie, it would be Housebound. And 
that's better than a lot of movies like this, I think. Yes, I don't know. this is true. Also, is true. common theme number three, I guess. Um, failed heist as the precipitating event of the movie. Uh, that comes up later as well. But and, that, and it was a very funny scene as well. They're trying to rob an ATM, uh, and it goes horribly awry, and people get hurt, and she gets caught, and that is why she is under house arrest. Hence the name of the movie, Housebound. And, uh, and and that that sort of thing happens another time as well. Mm. Last for this section, a haunting in Venice. Yes, I liked it. I enjoyed it. It has a uh, very, very, very little to do with the Agatha Christie book that it is based on, besides having similar characters. Um, I think people who are all in on Agatha Christie had some qualms with it because certain characters do things that they wouldn't have done and it's sort of just loosely based and certainly was trying to be more spooky scary than um anything than that book of Agatha Christie's that she did write some scary leaning things I guess but I had a good time I thought it was one of the best of these Brana Christie's which are all <laughs> like fun and super enjoyable to watch um but I think I think he was maybe well served by having it be like contained in a single night in a single house um, and just sort of restrained in his premise a little bit. Cause I think he gets a little carried away and highfalutin. Um, I had a good time. I, I liked it. Yeah. I, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Not um, incredibly scary, but good vibes, solid mystery. Uh, everyone involved was pretty fun. We mentioned before watching it that uh, the, the stars of the previous two uh, Brenna, uh, Agatha Christie, Poirot movies, two people from each of them got extremely, extremely canceled. And so I think there's a ticking clock for the cast of uh, Haunting in Venice to see who is going to be written off for doing horrible things. Um, it's anybody's guess. Uh, I I have a bad feeling for Tina Fey is all I'm going to say. I know. I don't want it to be true, but she she did a good job in the movie and that, you know, that doesn't bode well. I think this is true. Overall, pretty fun, though. And I agree, it's probably the best of the three. Definitely, A Murder on the Nile was the worst of them, I thought. Death on the Nile was a rough... It had had lots going going against it. COVID times and etc but um yes no agreed this was i it was it was atmospheric i it was a fun i think for people who don't like scary movies um but want some halloween vibes i'd give it many jack-o'-lanterns yes definitely john i'm switching over to you i'm here i would (laughs) you sound like you've been closely very attentive in the interim for sure Uh, let me tell you uh tina fey making an awkward statement on the war in Israel that somehow alienates both sides. I don't hate. I, I, I would. I'd be interested in getting in the money on that. It seems that seems, that seems doable for her. Absolutely, for sure. I would like to talk about Christine and Hatching as a combo. Probably relatively quickly move through those as well because they were. We have to save a lot of time for Wishmaster, obviously. Damn. Do we agree? So, uh, Christine, what did you think of Christine? This was your first time watching it, correct? This is my first time watching it. It's always been a somewhat interesting like gap in my movie stuff because I really like John Carpenter. And I am not like a huge Stephen King adaptation guy. And I generally am like the more I hear that this 
goes away from what the original book was like, the more I am excited to watch the movie. And this felt like it was probably kind of a straight ahead thing. And that was generally my experience. What do you think of this movie, Pat? Uh, yeah, so I I had seen it many years ago initially, um, and I apologize. I admit to you, I ran out of, I watched about half of it, and then I watched a recap of it to be reminded of the entire events of the movie. What, what's a recap mean? I, I went to YouTube and Googled or uh, searched in YouTube for Christine movie recap. Let me tell you, it was very thorough as far as the plot of the movie, but a very bad quality video. It was like an it was it was like ungrammatical and like a text to speech narrator, but it did hit all the points for sure. The part that I did rewatch it was like, man, old movies set in high school. The high schoolers are such dirtbags. Oh my god, the way they talked about women, as I'm sure, immediately yeah, hit it's, the face. it's terrible. And uh, and yeah, the bully being so insane, and also all of them being like thirty-five-year-old high schoolers. The bullies are not bullies; they're just like people trying to kill people. Yeah, it, like that's not what I like, get. Bullying is bad and a serious thing. These people do not suffer from that affliction. They're just like they go to the football game to cheer for their like guys in their high school to get paralyzed. Like that? Did you get to that part? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like they're like hell, hell yeah that guy. Is never going to walk again. We like that this happened. We came here to cheer for that. Yes. It is insane. They're psychopaths. They're not just like high Yeah, they, they, they're bullying. They're so far beyond bullying. But what did you think of the journey of the main character as he is like this uh, feeble nerd, dork, very not confident, but he had a cool, confident friend. Then he, for some reason, is drawn to this evil car and decides he must have it and he must fix it up. And then by the end of the movie, he's like a suave dirtbag uh who is obsessed with the car above all else, including others' lives. I, this, this feels like something that I bet worked a lot better in the book, but both um, establishment of the friendship isn't earned. Why are these guys friends? One guy's a hot fucking cool football player. And the other guy's the biggest nerd in school, but they're best friends and they hang out constantly. And, and, like, the mom of the nerd is mad that the football player dude wants to hang out. I, I don't understand why they're friends. I also wish that we could have established in any way that, like, the main character was a good guy at the beginning. Because he, he honestly, he always sucks the whole movie. He just changes the way that he sucks. I agree. Yeah, he's... And, like, it, it, and I, I never, I'm never rooting for him. Like, he... And so he does... He certainly switches from one type of shitty guy to a different type of shitty guy. But like, if he'd been a nice guy at the beginning and we'd established that I would have cared. It would have felt like something when he changed into a shitty guy, a shitty, like, Oh, I'm a hot guy with a leather jacket and all the ladies want me now. Yeah, I agree. Like the best friend was like solidly good the whole time. And like, again, he was the good guy, even though he was the football player. Yeah, He was like, he was popular, but he still like was good friends for the other guy. Um, he treated him well. He defended him for in front of the bullies and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. he, was terrible talking about uh, the the ladies he was interested in, but uh, otherwise a solid guy. And and yeah, I agree that the the main guy was sucky the whole time. Now it is important to note that this like, what this movie came out in like what nineteen eighty three or something. Yeah. And then I also I'm going into uh, cross examination mode. So we've established that. And then what? <laughs> how old do you think women who are sophomores in high school are? Uh, they're going to be right around sixteen. 16 might be a little high, but something in that range. They literally talk about 
a a girl who's a sophomore in high school and call her a sperm bank. Yes, it's like oh, you should just you should go hook up with her. She's a fucking sperm bank. And it's like I I, I like these guys. <laughs> like if you want to make the bullies say that, I guess you can make the argument like oh, but we're just portraying how things are. But it's like great. I hate every character on the screen now. I hope the bad guys do kill this other bad guys. Great. I did not see this movie, but I feel like high school movies it's like a parallel universe where there's just like we as a culture have accepted high school movies as they exist in movies versus high school as they exist in reality and obviously Mm -hmm. like this is all a part of it but i feel like it's bad now but some of these movies that we watched and other old movies that we've watched i've i've begun to wonder like was it worse in the 80s like did they cast older like significantly older actresses and like act like they were significantly older like with the jokes and stuff because that i mean it'll come up directly in like the craft but i feel like there's other examples of movies pat and i've watched lately where i'm like that's just a 30 year old man like what is happening yeah you said this, this movie like, was 1983 is that what you said yes yeah. I, I i think it's in that range i'm, not, exactly I'm not sure about the year don't worry i got it good i'm so curious if there's any movies from the 80s that don't just feel like tremendously dated even while still having merits like i now want to like think about I don't know. I'm just intrigued by this because I feel like when hearing you guys talk about John Carpenter movies, I'm sort of like, I know that he's great. And like, I, there are ones that I really like of his, but like the one I think of the ones I've seen recently, I'm just like, yeah, that felt, and I watched that and it felt super dated, you know, like I just, and I wonder if that's all eighties movies or if there's some that transcend that this is a larger movie discussion, but I'm intrigued about it. I am a big John Carpenter fan, but it would be hard to argue that like he is, progressive in terms of writing women or writing even like this movie is like like that that sperm bank character i just mentioned she's not in the movie they just allude to her because oh that's mo- in general women in the movie are alluded yeah. to or are the hot one who it's like boy he got so hot from wanting to fuck this car that now he's got hot girls hanging out with them so look at this hot girl he's got hanging out with them I don't and, even... and she kind of lines up with the football player and they have she has some agency towards the end but for the most i mean she's like the like other than that it's like the mom who is the biggest bitch who's ever lived and doesn't get to do anything interesting at all and just yells at everyone like the, the, like and this is it's not like this is the john carpenter movie where he forgot to write women yeah yeah and i actually like i don't even think it's the 80s like i feel like Early 2000s. 90s, I mean, early we just 2000s, watched one yeah. of the Blade movies. I guess we'll talk about that later. And like the jokes in that, I was like, "What is happening?" Dude, oh, no. To be clear, don't bring your Blade stuff. Oh, we're talking into, about Blade. Don't blame John Carpenter for what happened. Like, I know about Blade. <laughs> Fair. Clearly, that's a problem. Fair. Fair. I'm I just I'm just intrigued because I feel like my the next thirty seven movies that I'm going to watch and think about. Like, I just I maybe are like gonna be all the hits from the 80s and see if there's any that transcend it like i wonder if there's some where you're like yeah this is almost doing it and then of course like some misogyny is going to come in because of course it is or like mm-hmm. if any of them actually just like avoid that could we do that like, podcast instead could we all just watch yeah, those movies it. and then just have like a discussion about misogyny and old movies versus misogyny and current movies you may yeah, organize that if you wish Jen, feel free uh, and uh, uh, P.S. Just like be paranoid and back up. I did not. I was not like trying to make a point that I did not think was understood about like, oh, movies aren't reality. I'm just saying like I totally agree with you 100 percent, even not having seen this movie. And my question was surely just like, has it maintained at an even mm. level or was it like or was the gap even wider then between reality and high school or, b- movie high school? Hey, this is I, I honestly 
be willing to hear arguments yeah. because it's not crazy to me to think that as bad as things were when I was in high school in the early 2000s, that it was like, no, here's a good idea. Rape every woman you can find. And that's what people said in like 1982. Yeah. And that, that's just like, no, that's that's what's up. And so maybe it is such a gap that like this is this is that kind of parody of that culture. And so our parody of 2000s culture is something else. I don't know. I wasn't there. Thank fucking God. I mean, we had a uh, Pat's parents over a couple, I don't know, months ago, weeks ago, something. Time is meaningless to me now. But that's true. Uh, his dad, we were talking about something, and his dad was like, the 80s. And he was like, nah, the 80s were bad. 70s, good. 80s, no. <laughs> Just like very like sweeping statement, wow. no explanation. And like the tone he had, and I was just like, I feel like I just heard like a glimmer of some important truth from him. Yeah. It seems true. Probably accurate, yeah. I want to call out one thing I don't know if you saw in your recap. Did you see the scene where uh, the car blows up the gas station? Uh, where they murdered the main bully? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that they, was they, thoroughly so Christine drives around and smashes up all the gas tanks and fucks everything up. And then she's on fire and she chases the main guy down. The main bully. Mm -hmm. The main bully, yeah. Uh, I didn't like this movie, but boy, was that good. <laughs> yeah. Like, there were uh, like three scenes that were really good. There's also a scene towards the end when it feels like everything is cool and they're about to resolve everything. And it turns out Christina's gotten so smart that she's like hiding in the junkyard under a pile of junk. Yeah. And she just shoots out of it all of a sudden. And you think the movie's over, but it's not. Like there's, I, I can see why people like this. I don't like this. Yeah, I, I think this movie is not very. And good. it definitely aged poorly. I the the most in, for some reason, the most indelible image that stuck with my head from the, watching many years ago. Literally, I think it was junior high. So we're talking like in the late nineties. Um, I remember the scene where Christine was pushing itself, uh, into the alley to get the one guy, and like it was like crinkling. Smaller yeah, and smaller yeah. to chase a guy, but it was like obviously like severely damaging itself. Um, mm -hmm. But but yeah, it was it was it was that that was also a, a good image in my mind, and that was the the one thing I particularly remembered from my previous view. So on the whole, though, I did not do any research about this, but I did read the Wikipedia page, and like there's a quote from John Carpenter where he's like, "This was just kind of like a job," and. I don't understand why people who like John Carpenter don't agree with that. Yeah. Like this is like, this has become like kind of a cult classic, but like this looks like John Carpenter made some good, but unsuccessful movies. And it was like, Stephen King says, he'll let me make this movie. I'll just put it on the screen. I don't give a shit. I want to get paid. I want to make a movie that has some success. And then I can make more movies that I actually like. This is, to me, a non-effort by him. It doesn't feel like a John Carpenter movie. I don't like it very much. I, I agree with you. Friend of the show, in the biggest air quotes, uh, because he has certainly never listened to an episode of the show, Bill Kalish says that Christine kicks ass. And so I'm curious to hear like the, ex Interesting. the extreme Christine defenders. I want to hear what they have to say about it. Because, it, yeah, I, I think it... It has some moments, but it ages terribly. And yeah, I agree. It's not, not that solid. Uh, for my own edification, what are some good John Carpenter movies? I literally just had to Google who that was. So They Live, The Thing, Halloween. Oh, okay. So like this is like he's a specific horror, like horror movie. Not really. Oh. Those three uh, are great. Big Trouble in Little China, really good. The good ones are good. The bad ones are not good. And he's so uh, also surprising, like awesome 
at making the scores for his own movies, like like those very songs memorable you know themes. from those things are him, yeah. And That's also, cool. w- very old dude nowadays, way into video games and talks about like he has like top ten lists on GiantBomb.com and stuff. He's like super mm-hmm. into video games and super old. And uh, he he t- like people and he seems like a cool old dude. He talks about like hey like people interview him and ask like hey are you mad at like all the really bad halloween movies that they keep making he's like those checks keep clearing like i'm cool <laughs> <laughs> uh my final thing to make it super easy for the rating two in all categories i will say uh three for halloweenness two for scariness and two for enjoyability i'm not gonna watch it you guys i i don't think no, we it's not worth watching do so. i don't like if, if there, there's so many good John Carpenter movies, and it sounds like you have perhaps not seen all of them, so watch some of those instead. I think I have not. This seen is unnecessary to me. Any of them? They Live is so good. Gina has a giant They Live tattoo on her leg. Is that a horror movie? Ish. I mean, sounds like next year's list. It was on. It's, it's been on the show before. Abby and I watched it and discussed it. Jen, if you I guys have seen the head motions Pat episode. was doing during that. <clears throat> anyway. Uh yeah, the hatching, John. This was your this was Gina's suggestion and was added to the list relatively early in the process, and so we both watched it. And yeah. I didn't this watch w- it, but I was super super on the fence about it. So I'm very interested in hearing your discussion. I think this movie kicks ass. I liked this a lot. Uh, there's a bird, a baby bird that's really big and super gross and fun to hang out with. And I honestly, if I have a complaint about the movie, I wish that bird had been there in the whole movie. No need to move on from the bird. Just keep showing me this bird who needs a good mommy. And that mommy is a 12 year old girl. How scary was the bird visually? It's gross. It's not scary. Okay. I think Jen would find it quite scary. I think this movie is scarier than you do. I mean, it wasn't certainly. I didn't think it was scary at all. It, the bird is really a couple. Okay, a couple things were actually really scary. To me. <laughs> yeah. See, this, we watched. I, the I was occasionally horrified. <laughs> He's laughing so hard. Like but on the whole, not chair. very scary. Yeah. So this bird, this one, I think it's worth talking about the plot a little bit because it's so. Even the trailer doesn't really do a good job of laying it out. So in extreme... trailer is useless. I agree with but that. But it was for sure. so don't, don't watch the trailer and decide. Yeah. So okay, finish movie. All in all, in a, uh, subtitled, uh, it's a very creepy family in a very rich suburb. The mom is like an Instagram mom, and she always is taking videos of her family and talking about how they have this perfect, simple life. Uh, the daughter. You can already tell this movie's going to kick ass. Just that alone the, yeah. is such a good premise Immaculate... for a movie. Like this family. And now let's see if something fucking weird happens. Immaculate vibes on the creepiness of the family and like the, the eerie perfection of the home and all that. Uh, the daughter, yeah, she's like, she's very young. She is under extreme pressure from her mom to be perfect all the time, specifically in gymnastics. Uh, and the mom, there's this bird gets into the house and wrecks everything. And the the daughter catches it. And she has just a regular bird, like a regular, like, like a crow, crow. Or sparrow. Yeah. Yeah, it's big. Yeah. It's like a crow or a raven. It's, yeah, but it's, but it's a like, corvid. We, we talk about the scary bird. We're not talking about this bird. Gary, if you're listening, it's a corvid. Uh, and it, Hi, Gary. Gary's not listening. <laughs> Gary's listening. Abby's on the show. Gary's in the room, it looks like. I'll have some pretzels. Hi, Gary. <laughs> so the daughter catches the bird in a blanket, and the mom 
is very mad at all the stuff that gets wrecked and she snaps its neck like a twig, horrifying the daughter. And eventually this... She acts like it ain't no thing. She's like, oh, give me the bird, honey. And she just snaps its neck. Yeah, and the daughter was like holding it so lovingly. Yeah, she obviously had an attachment to the bird, even though the bird was yep, wrecking everything. Yep, yep. Maybe the daughter liked that she was wrecking everything because she hates her mom. And so then, la di da di da. Eventually, she goes in the woods, finds the bird, not dead yet, but there's a it. It is suffering. She kills it. Then she takes the egg that was in the nest home, and that's when all the crazy stuff happens. The egg gets bigger and bigger, really huge. It's like the size of her bed eventually, and then out hatches this like three foot bird monster that looks like a cross between a bird. And the baby from Eraser Head. It's very horrifying looking. John is under underselling the. Do, do you love the bird? I feel like this might be our entire divide on this movie. I love the bird. I, I, I if the bird came into my house, I would raise it as a child. But does the bird kill everyone? Yes. <laughs> the... Everyone? No, obviously not. Does it kill the girl? No, no, we, no, no. The bird is friend of girl. The bird. Treats girl like mommy um, and and is very protect. They kind of have like a psychic link. It, it is one of those movies where I was trying to. Like t- Megan? Yes, it is very. Me- not not so unlike Megan. I, a great that, call. that was actually one of the themes that I had because the bird. Girl ha- mommy. is Yeah, the bird is taking care of the girl mommy to a psychotic degree. And specifically, there's one scene where the bird is chasing someone and then the person sees the bird and the bird tips its head in a gross neck-breaking way, and it's a lot like a movement that Megan did. And so mm-hmm. the, those movies are very linked to my mind. If you like Megan and you're okay with gross birds, definitely hatching is worth checking out. It sounds like everybody deserved to die except the girl, though. Oh, let me tell you, not everyone who suffers at oh, the no. end of the bird deserves to suffer. I see that. Now, we're just at a point where I don't know if Pat and I watch the same movie. <laughs> I think the bird is white. You think that the neighbor girl who oh, was no, with enthusiastic, dog. had a dog, dog did nothing wrong. Neighbor girl was just good at gymnastics. Neighbor girl did nothing wrong. It was nothing but nice to mommy girl. I did see the first like 10 minutes. The neighbor girl's dog did bite mommy bird girl, and she didn't seem sorry oh, about it. No, no. Let me tell you here, one thing. You, you know who really gets the business? Neighbor girl dog. Well, yeah, because it bit mommy Another girl. recurring theme in these things is, you know what's nice? Bring a cute dog from the neighbor's house over and wreck its fucking shit. I'm really sad I didn't see this movie now. When we watched the preview, I was like, very into this. Let's do it. And then it got a little scarier and scarier. And then I was like, I don't know. Actually, this might be on the line for me. And I think if I if we had, if I had known you watched it and liked it, maybe. But by the time I knew that, wasn't much time left. It was a late one for me, yeah. Yeah, it just looked a little too scary. And then also possibly was going to fuck me up about like complicated mother-daughter relationships because I too plan on forcing Lily to be a competitive You gymnast. absolutely are not this mom, I'll tell you that. that I'm be, not an Instagram mom? That would be a mom? real problem. What is making you say that? Also, not great to her husband, but we won't get into that. <laughs> won't get into that. Not to prolong the hatch hatching, hatching, mm-hmm. hatchling, hatching discussion, um, but Johnny, I feel like I did not see that movie. But I feel like Pat and I have watched watched a lot of very, very weird horror movies that are, like, more unsettling, like, more in the vein of, like, a weird bird kills your whole family. Um, just so many of those. And I feel like you are someone who says you don't like scary movies, but I think actually you might, and it might be this brand of scary movie that you like. I, honestly, like I... The I, world I, is your oyster, man. I've yeah, weird I feel like there's, there's, there's room for me to move into this area, yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was interesting. And like it at some points, especially with the dad, it leans into stuff with like, and your daughter is going through some interesting changes at this age. And so you don't really and like, like that was like eye, eye rolling and not super cool. But I thought uh, it was a funny moment to be like this is too well, awkward the for dad. Specific moment yeah. is is really funny. The dad is really funny in general. In the and this and the the matching dad and and son uh, looking being identical. the same person. Yeah, like same. Could not interact with women at all. Yeah, that was good. Uh, that this perhaps might be my biggest takeaway from the film is that I loved how there were so many times where I was like, "Is this an interesting thing the movie is doing?" Or is this what life is like in Finland? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that is honestly, from my perspective, to the film's credit, because like I don't, I don't fucking know about Finland, and so it, it always keeps me guessing. I, I don't know what's going on, and maybe that's like, yeah, this is a commentary on Finland, or maybe it's like, look at these fucking bozos, and I don't, I don't know which is which most of the time. I still want to see this movie now. I think that's a I think that's a benefit of watching movies in general from other countries, but I, like specifically, I have experience watching horror movies from a bunch of other countries. It is always kind of like a weird window into that culture. Um, yeah, and, and like Saloom, the the movie from Africa last year, I forget which country specifically, but it was like very interesting and completely different in vibes than all the other movies that I watched last year. Um, it, it it is cool. I feel like there's probably a lot of there there because I feel like American horror movies, there's like you guys have said, there's so many and they're so formulaic and often so bad that throwing in an additional element, I feel like it's probably extremely welcome. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I'm also very here for identifying extremely specific horror movie preferences. It's very funny to me to like listen to people list out like, no, like this and this and this are too scary. This and this are fine. I really like this and subgenre this even more. Like you really can get in there. I think, and that's what this podcast is about. I'm, it is a horror movie sommelier to get people to figure out what they might be interested in. That's what I'm saying. Did, hey, I forget, Abby, when we talked about it, did you watch The Lamb, the crazy movie, The Lamb? Yeah. There was a little bit of The Lamb in this with the That's what. That's creature. just what it's sounding like to me. And like a little bit that weird camping movie with the shadow puppets, like not, I mean, not totally, but like in terms of just like weird... Weird foreign vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what's what's up and what's down over in Finland. Like, I think there's some good things you can watch. Jen just said that about, like, different, like, tiny micro genres that you are interested in. Girl has bird friend. Super good for me. <laughs> Anything camping, I'm a thousand times out. See, I, I love I it. Immediately be like, I'm going to be too scared of that. It doesn't matter. It could be easier than megan but if it's about we camping in the woods i'm like oh, i'm gonna get fucking chopped up i'm not oh, so going this is there. amazing yeah this, this, it's yeah. just gonna this podcast just gonna turn into like what weird subgenres is johnny into yeah well see now <laughs> i'm in, now i'm more interested in doing the podcast i feel like this is gonna make it longer but i'm gonna require that everyone comments on their weird specific preferences as they are relevant to yeah. the movies at hand because that's so Search fascinating as you to talk me. yeah all yeah, the time yeah. try to find your micro genre i want to hear it i want to hear what you're out and in on yeah, probably. Like, a thing you guys said was like, oh, yeah, this is a common genre in horror movies. And I was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> the animal kills everybody is a common, like, oh, we've seen tons of these. What? <laughs> the girl with the egg is always going to be my right. best friend. I'm sure of this. John, what do you rate Hatching? Hatching is, a, 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 I, 
thank goodness I have these halves. Thank you, Abby. Uh, a two and a half on skeletons. A two and a half on. Ugh, is it? No, it's a two on Halloween jack o' lanterns. But I had a great time. I'll give it a four and a half. I'm going to give it a three on scariness, a two on Halloween, and a four on enjoyment. You guys are close. Pretty high praise for hatching. Hey, this is yeah. a good movie. You guys are closer together watch than you Watch this movie if you want to watch movies like this. Absolutely. All right. We're all together. No one's taking a break. There aren't children distracting any of us. I'm going to do it. Let's talk about Drag Me to Hell, which was viewed Hell yeah. by me and Jen and John, but not Abby. I should tell you at this time that I have seen this movie, but remember literally nothing. So it is it is as if I did not. John, what did you think of Drag Me to Hell? Boy, this is a good movie to me. I had a great time watching it. And again, I think this is an interesting insight into the movies that you tolerate versus don't tolerate. Uh, so this one was borderline for me. And so, like, I, I am a fan of plenty of Sam Raimi. I I love Army of Darkness. Uh, we're not doing this, but a million skeletons in one way, but one skeleton in another way. Because uh, that movie's not scary at all. And I really like Dark Man, which is, like, not a scary movie, but is fun. And I really like the end of Spider-Man 2. I think that's amazing. But like I had I've never watched the first two Evil Dead movies. I'm too scared of them. And then I had always heard that like this had things that attracted me to it, but I've always been a little bit concerned. Like, is this a bug movie? Because I can't do bug stuff. Slither, and not this, for you. Boy, oh boy, I know about not fucking ever watching Slither. I got it's so important to my well being that I never watch Slither. Is that snakes? It's bugs. Sounds like it would be snakes. It's like grubs, uh, worms, grubs, mostly insects. Anyway, Dragon Hill. You liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Someone else thought for a while. I talked too much. Uh, yeah. It. I definitely like this a lot more than I like Evil Dead, uh, any of the Evil Deads. I think this is a – it was a entertaining and goofy, but it is similar. It's like You've seen the first two Evil Dead movies? I sure have. I've seen the first two, and I've seen 2013, and I've seen – Rise. Uh, I Dang, that's a lot of I've evil. I've not Dead seen movies. Army of Darkness. Uh, do you, do you, do you, how do you feel about these movies? I do not like any of the four Evil Dead movies that I have no. seen. You should stop watching these movies, it sounds like. Well, maybe I'm going to chance into one that I like someday. So, Drag, drag Me to Hell. Army of Darkness is good. I like Army of Darkness a lot. Abby does not agree with that statement. Oh. She hated it. Yeah, I, I think that Drag Me to Hell is very fun. It was, it was, I think it was more like what I want out of. What I think is a lot of what people see in the Evil Dead movies about like the goofy horror, um, you know, just like it's it gets over the top and crazy. But to me, the Evil Dead movies and especially the newer two Evil Dead movies, 2013 and Rise, are not successfully goofy at all. And they are just gross and uncomfortable. Um, it, whereas this one is on the right side of the line for me and pretty enjoyable and have to say. uh I, I only this was only the second time I ever watched it, and I don't remember how obvious I thought the ending was the first time. But I, I was pleased with how much they went for it at the end. Oh, completely agree. Was the first time you watched it with me? And then when yeah. did you rewatch it? Last week. When did Abby watch it? Never. Oh, when did John watch when it? When did I watched it in I like a week and a half ago? Okay. All right. 
I a little bit and hearing you guys talk and then I like looked up some like stills or something like image searched it. I think what happened is that it was too scary for me. And what I do when I'm too scared of a movie, I mostly just try to shut my eyes during all the scary parts so I don't have to like not be able to pee in the middle of the night because I'm afraid of my haunted house. Um, so I think I was probably having to close my eyes too much. And like, I think I like, I, and I'm vaguely remembering it now. I think I just like stared at the carpet and waited for it to end. Like, I don't think I did see this movie functionally. Fair, fair. Is it, is it really scary? Like, is it possible? Is that scary? Or like that vision? I don't think it's that scary. Like, I, I was consistently thinking it was about to become too scary for me. Yeah. And there was only one part that was too scary for me. I also... Important context, pre-dating Pat. Actually, no, pre-Pat and I moving to Chicago and Abby and Patrick linking up with their horror movie liking, um, never watched horror movies ever, ever, ever because I hate them and I'm scared of them. So it's I think my tolerance then was lower and my fear of it being scary was much higher. I think that one of the great things about this movie is the title. People are frequently being dragged to hell in this movie. Like, you know what happens in the first scene? You know what happens in the last scene? Someone gets dragged to hell. And guess what? In between, it happens again. Yeah. Uh, really fun. I like. I love that. I think that's so good for this movie. Uh, there's cool people. Not, well, cool people. There's people I know in it, as we discussed. Justin Long is in this movie. And I know that. What's what's the Airbnb movie he's in? Barba- is it Barbarian? Barbarian? Yeah. Okay, so I, it seems like that movie trades on his established character even more than this. But still, like, he rolls in, and you fucking know who that guy is instantly. Yes. I don't like Justin Long. I think he sucks. But <laughs> he is good at his role in this movie. And I think it, it, it's good. Absolutely uh, the same in Barbarian. He is, like, such a unlikable guy, him. but in a great way. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, I mean, there's just no chance no, he's not that person, correct? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I mean, here's a great chance for me to get this uh, crazy opinion I have out, but I don't believe in acting. <laughs> I think that there's like seven people who are good actors and everybody else just plays themselves yeah. over and over. And I, I think just if you, went, if you went and hung out with Justin Long, I think you'd know what to expect. Uh, but another guy who does the same thing in this movie is Chelsea Ross, noted sports movie guy is like the the dad in the movie and he is in like uh major league and rudy and hoosiers and all these things and he same sort of thing lands really hard you immediately know who he is when he walks on screen and starts talking i think that is such a smart move by the filmmakers here it 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 really establishes our characters instantly and i love it I feel like that's a really good horror movie insight, again, from 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 previous. Like, if you're going to spend a lot of your time just trying to, like, gross people out and jump scare them and build tension, you don't have time to build characters. So we need to just, like, know who people are. And the faster we can do that, the better. Also, one thing that we pointed out, uh, all of us mentioned independently while watching a various number of these movies, a lot of these clock in at, like, 91 minutes. Yeah, yeah so good. <laughs> you, yeah. like, really have to get in and out on these horror movies oftentimes. And so yeah. even more so, you need economy in setting up your characters. Yeah. Honestly, we're not, not doing small a selling point for this whole fucking project was that these were 90-minute movies. Uh, so I was like, sure, we could do that after bedtime. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, I, 
I definitely sent Pat a message saying like, we agreed on all these movies and I just looked and Christine is an hour and 49 minutes and everything else is shorter than that. And oh my God, I got so lucky. And he's like, you didn't get lucky. That's what these movies are. Yeah. Like, Cause he watches all these and I don't, I didn't realize he's like, yeah, that's, that's how this goes. It's, it's good news. I feel like some pop culture podcasts I listen to talk about like the length of movies a lot. And I like never really have thought much about it as like a thing I care about, but then like realizing how much I liked that these were like generally like tight 90 minute movies I was like, actually, I think they have a point. We need more of that in every other genre most of the time. Yeah. Uh, I have to, before we, I, I feel like I can see Pat's excitement to wind things up for this. I have to mention there is one scene in this movie where the this, this scary lady who wishes she could get a loan and a loan extension and can't get it. And she's hanging out with, she's like the main character at, think it turns out it's a dream but it doesn't matter she is like jumps on top of the main character and just throws up bugs in her face this was i I, this is the only movie on the list that i watched on my ipad but i I was like laying in bed on my stomach (laughs) watching on my ipad straight above you and and uh, no no like it's like i have like a stand for it so it's sitting on that thing and then when that happened, I jumped off my bed and screamed and landed on the floor and bruised both my knees. Like, it was a huge problem. It was so much too scary for me. That's great. I really hated it. I love it. It was. It took. It was like, should I keep watching the movie? <laughs> I'm gonna try. And nothing that bad happened again. But like, I literally launched myself out of bed when that happened. I hated it. Man, also a lot of these movies, especially Sam Raimi movies, so much gross vomiting of different substances. Oh, oh it's so bad. It's so bad. Like that's in no way is that the only gross vomiting scene, but this was the one that they just lined everything up to fucking paralyze I, my skull I, and I couldn't handle it. I just that. wish you were like watching it in bed with it above <laughs> you in bed so that it was like the same perspective. That would have really done it. For I'd me. have a broken nose. I would have <laughs> slammed that shit into my face if that had happened. Excellent. What do you rate Drag Me to Hell? I'm just asking uh, John because Jen does not remember it well enough to do so. I will say we're gonna up we're gonna up some stuff. This is to me three skeletons, three and a half jack o' lanterns, and three and a half uh thumbs. Three skeletons, four jack o' lanterns, four thumbs. Very fair. Yes. Excellent. I like John's point about the title also. You talk about these movies a lot around me, and so many horror movies are, like, honestly, Barbarian, offensively bland title. Like, who the fuck is going to remember? I I feel like a lot of the, like, for the bird one, I feel like a lot of horror movies would just call that, like, Bird Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's what these horror movies are. Angry Bird was already, I think, would be better. Yeah, the bird, yes. Yes, and you're like, that doesn't help me. So I like that it's like super memorable. Drag Me to Hell is a great. I mean, like of you could call like there will be blood. Drag Me to Hell. It would still be a great title. Yeah. But Drag Me to Hell for this movie is an alignment of title and film. I love. It. And I think it even. Like, I, I like that it's further. Like it seems to be complying with the horror movie convention of just like also a super literal title. Mm-hmm. And so that oh, yeah. makes it even better. Like, it's memorable. Someone and... gets dragged to hell in the first, yeah. like, three yeah. minutes of the movie. Yeah. Horror movies are mostly like, does they don't want to go. Ever, does anyone ever scream, drag me to hell? 
Ooh, I don't know about that. That's the ultimate. Abby's like, then it's not a 10 out of 10 on title, is it? (laughs) (laughs) It's like in in that lady in that one movie is like, boy, I sure can't wait to get out of Africa. (laughs) Yeah, precisely. That's all I want. It's a very fun movie. I think Jen could have handled it, but it is there's some stuff. I think so too. Nothing you guys stuff. said made me want to watch that movie. If somebody seems like they're about to throw up in someone else's face, you just stop looking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just turn it I also am coming away with this thinking that John has a much higher tolerance than me. We have found out. I did yeah. fall out of bed and hurt myself during His this tolerance movie. is weird. You're a mystery. <laughs> That's what yeah. I mean, I behind the scenes here, I a different spreadsheet that I made different was trying to figure out the tolerances of each of the participants here. And, and I, I do think it is very variable. Some people have subject matters that they are very sensitive to and therefore don't want to watch any movies that have that stuff. But they can handle pretty scary stuff in other categories. So John says that he doesn't like hyper-violent stuff, but I think he mostly means like, yeah, like Evil Dead, like really gross over-the-top violent stuff. Uh, Jen doesn't like any haunting type stuff, possession stuff, but is o- very okay with all variety of monsters. Um Abby, of course, does not like possessed children. Also, Jen. No same. one likes possessed children. Uh, but yeah, I'm down. John Damn. loves possessed children. <laughs> John, <laughs> more... John's here for it. Those are comedies to me. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so yeah, uh, it, it is. Yeah, it's it's hard to pin down anyone's tolerance for any particular uh, scariness. I think, but uh, I tried. I tried to figure it out. Still elusive. I think. Mm-hmm. Next, let's get Abby back in. I would like to talk about talk to me, Abby. Talk to me. What a bland yes. title. Yeah, it was a bland title. I this was one I liked this movie. I did have to my I did have to be like, am I thinking of the right movie <laughs> when, when it was time to talk about it? Because it was a bland title. Um, but talk about, yeah, like a a very good scary movie. Tight is sort of just doing one thing. It really I often like these because of the way that storytelling comes out. I think a lot of movies need to be edited much more tightly, both just because like, I don't want to sit there for two and a half hours, but also because I think the writing gets better when it has to be shorter. That's not universally true for these scary movies, but I thought this was like a well-written, cool conceit, spooky without being too scary. I liked it. It was sort of like a weird little movie. What do you think, Pat? Yeah, I thought it was really fun. I I was thinking... Overall, this year was like relatively weak on the new horror that came out within the past 12 months. Um, I think Megan might be my favorite of, among those, and we all watched that and mm. enjoyed it. Um, I think this might be my second favorite of the stuff that came out within the past 12 months. I thought it was pretty fun. It, w- it didn't do anything too crazy. It didn't like blow me away like anything did last year. But the characters, it was a bunch of like high school aged uh, Australian kids. And they were very fun. They were very charismatic. I liked the the dialogue and the dynamic between them. Um, I, I think it had some good scares, nothing too over the top. I really enjoyed the Australian rap soundtrack. There, there was some fun music. I listened to the soundtrack mm-hmm. after afterwards. Um, yeah, it was just a fun time. I think they did a good job with what they were going for. The ending was a little bit weaker, perhaps. Um, it, it, I don't know if it exactly succeeded in, in in the final last few scenes but overall no agreed mm-hmm. overall i liked it a lot and and i had a good time yeah do you want to rate it one. or not you can move on if you don't want to. we can move on that's fine all right let's talk about a couple quick ones me and jen and abby 
recently or didn't recently watch Train to Busan and Rocky Horror Picture Show, two very similar movies. Obviously, they're pretty much mirror images of each other. Um, I just have them together because I figured we wouldn't have a ton to say about them, but th- we did all watch them. And uh, let's talk about Rocky Horror Picture Show first. I feel like I could talk about Rocky Horror Picture Show for the entire length of this. Podcast. All right, let's do it. Let's let's <laughs> I dig will in. Not because I see what time it is. But what do you think of Rocky Horror Picture Show, Jen? When did, well, when did you see it, Abby? Oh, well, I saw it in high school yeah. several times, but haven't seen it since then. I feel like that's um, like... Because I saw it so many times. That's yeah. like an inoculation, which is yeah. helpful. I think having known of Rocky Horror Picture Show, known a fair amount about it, I guess, and then no- just seeing it now, it has that like jarring effect, which happens with other movies like this where you're like, wait, that's what it is? Like, that's what's yeah, going it, on? Yeah, it blew my mind what? that you guys hadn't seen it because it is, it's weird as hell. Yeah. I, I, th- I expected it to be significantly more coherent in that i expected it to have a plot at all no it's about yeah it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense i i was extremely into a lot of things about it i love what it is and represents i'm pro rocky horror picture show i just was very surprised how difficult it was to even figure out what was going on well, and I do what I was thinking about it because I was like, I like every time I, I watched it several times, like I sought it out to watch it. I enjoyed it. It feels like a sort of like formative something. I have no desire to watch it again is how I feel. And I think it's because I maybe myself is now like, yeah, I have the images that I want from it. And yeah. like, it, but there's no movie there <laughs> really. Like, it's just like, it's yeah. so weird and bizarre. Um and yeah, that just doesn't really have very much a plot. And a lot of the weirdness is great. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think that's like, it's weirdness is what it has. But yeah, it has no plot. It just doesn't feel like it would have been hard plot. to have more of a plot. It felt like it would have been like pretty easy. Just like a couple little lines here and there, string some things together for me. I mean, I guess yeah, because no. it started as a stage musical, like, and the way it did. And then they wanted to stay really true to it. Like, it kind of makes sense that it ended up being what it was. But I, w- I, I didn't know that about it. So what's your ultimate takeaway like glad to have watched it so yeah just, for like, sure that it was yeah okay. yeah mm-hmm. super glad to have watched it spent most of the movie being like what what yeah. <laughs> what yeah uh and had i didn't seen it before pet i had not yep i it, again it was obviously like aware of it because of cultural osmosis but never had actually sat down and seen it and uh so i'd heard almost all of the songs a bunch of times but had never seen them in context and it, also yeah just could not believe how weird it was, even with expectations that it was weird, and could not believe how incoherent it was start to finish trying to actually tell a story. I think the things I liked about it, I liked more than I expected to like. Mm. I mean, I thought it would, but I was, like, delighted by Tim Curry. Like, Yo, Tim he's, yeah. That's un- what un- we just, unbelievable. Um, the funny thing that happened in my house this week was that Gary tells Hawthorne stories at night and alternates between a story that he makes up and a story that is like a memory from his childhood just to share something and he decided last night to tell Hawthorne about going to see a midnight showing of Rocky Horror Picture Show I think he had a point to that memory of like there was something about that I think he was thinking like Halloween-y times and Hawthorne just really dug into being like but what's Rocky Horror Picture Show about and so then Gary got into a trap of trying to sort of explain <laughs> this incoherent and certainly adult movie to Hawthorne. Um, and so then we listened to some of the music today. And I was like, I, it's been a long time since I watched it. I was like, well, we got to play Tim Curry's one. The, and I was like, because I we went, Hawthorne will like the anticipation 
participation part and then it started playing and I was like, oh I forgot what this song was called. Yeah, the whole, the whole, <laughs> the whole yep. the, yeah. literally the whole song. So yeah, so that was our moment here. But I also but I in listening to that I was like, man, Tim Curry. Like it yeah, I was delighted about it in some ways while also being horrified that we were introducing this well, to Hawthorne at this moment in his life. Because how do you tell fine. a five year old that the movie is about wearing corsets? Yeah, right. I was like it's it's not about much, but here's what's up. Um yeah, but uh, Gary had, I, it was also fun to hear what Gary had gotten into because he's like, there's a real doctor and there's a space alien doctor. <laughs> and I was like, sure, <laughs> accurate. The aliens, um, I feel like, yeah, just like, what? I mean, I, again, oh, it makes sense. The The first time I heard any of the songs from this movie was a Me First in the Gimme Gimme's cover of, what's the song called? Um, it's the one in the intro, like where she, they just like list, it's like references. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. science fiction what you mean. Yes. double feature yeah, science fiction double feature yeah. yeah and so i was like i should have known that it was from this movie but i never did and i was like oh because they're all covers me first in the gimme gimme's i know that but i was like huh that's from here cool i know it's so it's it's so fun in some ways and yes i think incoherent is the yeah. appropriate term for the, that movie it makes just no sense but the like which is why the midnight showings are fun i wonder if he brought it up with hawthorne to talk about like throwing things at the screen i think so yeah like I, and yeah. there's this but movie was, where like, people throw popcorn at the screen oh no i can't tell you anything else yeah and but sure got interrogated by a six-year-old to, to learn as much about it as possible this is like so. not important but one thing that super stuck with me i just really loved the scene where he climbs into bed with one of them and climbs into bed with the other and like that they that they did an exact mirror that they had like every move the same everything he said to them the same i thought that was extremely well done and i loved it and also yeah. tim curry did a great job of that as if everything tim curry, great. yeah he's great susan sarandon apparently got super sick filming that movie because they didn't have it was like low budget and they didn't have any heating in that giant castle it's me i don't know what a weird movie but also like so fun this is making me want to rewatch it see i um, do it and then you'll be mm-hmm. like yep just as crazy as i remember just about nothing still still about nothing <laughs> still about a dude really liking horror movies and science fiction and being queer and adding all that together yeah, be- to create this and putting it making it doing whatever the fuck he wants yeah great love it all right uh so abby and i discussed train to Busan a couple of years ago and we both enjoyed it but i Jen said that uh, zombie was one of the genres that she's mostly okay with. Like, doesn't find zombies very scary. And I was like, this is a good zombie movie. So I rewatched Train to Busan with Jen and Megan. Uh, and so she saw it for the first time. So I just, what were your thoughts on Train to Busan, Jen? I feel like in the interest of time, I'm fine with skipping it. We're going really, really quick. But I, I, I yeah, zombie movies, that is one of the niche things that they don't, they pretty much don't scare me, even in their very like they can get pretty extreme and not scare me they can be pretty gross and i'm like i don't like this why are they doing it but it doesn't scare me um yeah i thought it was good i was pretty mad when they kept killing everyone because i like i thought it was gonna comply with the general horror movie convention i mean obviously there's somewhere they kill everyone i guess but a lot of movies like this the zombie movies like more than one person survives and i liked that uh you said he's like a pro fighter I don't know. No, he's just a very popular action oh, movie star. Action movie star. The he was big, great. The, the big strong dad. He was great. Uh, I yeah. Love that guy. I feel like the movie made a critical error when they killed him off when they did. I was like, that was actually just much more of what was good about this movie uh, than you think, and you should have waited longer to kill him. He was great. Love that guy. Want to watch more movies that he's in now? Don't yes. don't love at this time in my life watching uh, movies that twist too hard on the like uh, parent child heartstrings. So that was like a that was a notch against it for me 
I didn't like it. Agreed. Yeah, that was my downside of that. Yeah, because I get like too, I yeah. get for real stressed about it, and it's not about scariness. It's about like I'm yeah, not enjoying fun. this. Yeah, yeah, it's not fun in any way. It's just actually stressful. But yeah, no, I, I remember that was a good movie. I liked it, and not scary. No, super not scary. Two to go through really fast with Jen. I was just wondering if you want to talk about American Werewolf in London and the craft. They're kind of both dated in their own ways. They very surprised to hear that neither of you have seen the craft. I think I have seen the craft, but a long time ago. And so I have not any value to bring to it. But I do remember I was I anyway, in looking at the list, I was like, I feel like I've seen the craft and I looked it up and read about it and like I for sure have. But yeah. I feel maybe. like the craft was a movie that I wanted to see when I was younger but was too scared to see and then realized, oh I could definitely see that because it's a probably like my tolerance is different and it's not actually scary. And man is it not scary at all. Like zero scary. Uh no skeletons. I don't know. I guess maybe one half a one i don't know maybe there's something in there that i'm forgetting i had some interesting things to say about the craft uh because i had a similar experience where i at a younger age i was interested in it i didn't watch it and then recently i realized i was conflating the craft and the faculty (laughs) i want to see the faculty i might watch that soon i don't know i i think it's about high school i don't know much about it yeah i don't either now I'm gonna look. I'm sure I've seen the faculty, but I don't remember anything about it. I think they're evil. Seems bad. Yeah, I think. I'm I'm sad for everyone that the craft was as bad as it was. <laughs> about witches. Yeah, about teenage girls yeah. in high school and witches, and it was just extremely not good and not interesting. Uh, I had a thought after we watched it about like the way that it didn't have much of a plot, but I don't remember what it was anymore because it's a very forgettable movie. It turns out. Yeah, I think that's why I when I was sort of like, I haven't seen that. And then I was like, oh no, I did. And I just really didn't like it. (laughs) Yeah. The lowest of low place. I actually did see that. And I just completely forgot because. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as like genres, I like more than average interested in witches probably as a plot for a movie and then high school and it's girl. Like, I feel like this is like, you don't have to do much work to sell me on. I'm willing to watch this. And so I was surprised how quickly it lost me. Cause I was like, oh, okay. All right. Um, and then it wasn't, yeah, nothing about it was good. Was there anything about it was good? Do you like it, Pat? I didn't like it. Uh, I had seen it before. I didn't remember it very well. Um, it was, yeah, I saw it probably shortly after it came out. It, yeah, very, also very dated. Another like dated high school movie where they, what year did this come out? 96. I just looked it up. Yeah. Cause the faculty was 98. I was wondering if they came out at the same time. Cause they're also like paired in my mind. But what pa- similar time. What's paired in my mind with the faculty is the skulls. I think like the secret society yeah. school. Another... What, I, what is the skulls? I have no idea what That's that, that is. Guy from Dawson's Creek. It's like a secret society, but they're evil at an elite school. The I wanted to see society. that. I was too scared of it too. The skulls is 2000. It's all right in that wheelhouse. Uh, yeah. So the craft, not very good. Bad. Sorry to the fans. American Werewolf in London. Um, also, it was another one of those movies where the high school portrayal was egregious and the actors were very old. Um, American Werewolf in London, I think I liked even less than The Craft, even though it was a better movie, but it just like was extremely boring. I remember when I watched that, we watched that for a Halloween when we lived in New York one time, and... I was struck by how very boring it was. Like I was geared up for like creepy vibes and there's some fine moments in it, I guess. And I know like 
for filmmaking when he turns into the werewolf that that was like a big deal when that happened but i thought that was whatever call of it is it just it was being very bored just so bored it was just very like almost literal it was like we're going to tell the story of a man becoming a werewolf and they forgot yeah. that we have to care about anything that's happening even a little i yeah. I think I, I I didn't like it very much, but I think I liked it more than both of you. Like I had extremely low expectations and I think it jumped that low hurdle a little bit. Like I think that the dialogue was like more fun. Like the, like the writing was better than I expected. I expected it to be like a seventies B movie in all regards. And I think that it was a little step above that. I think that the, the dynamic between the friends was better than I expected, but I agree the plot was a bit of a mess and I and I think that the movie only existed to have that transition the trans morph scene uh when he was transforming from from himself to the werewolf and they went all out on the effects and the budget and all of it went into that and then uh not a lot saved for anything else. I will say that I thought that like, another one where I was impressed by the boldness of the ending it was so bleak uh after this goofy movie and they they went they went all out to be dark with the ending for what they could have done. And, and I respect them for making that choice. But overall, only okay. I liked it a little bit more than you, but not a lot. You can correct me on this, I'm sure. But I think I might have enjoyed watching it less than anything else we watched. Because even the ones that were bad, that was at least like interesting to talk about and think about why they were bad. And this was just like the most nothing movie that ever movied. I have a couple comments on this movie. I haven't seen this in a while. I want to say I saw it in doing math, not not math, doing memory of places I was at times. I think I saw this movie in 2013. There was a brief period in my life, let's say 2007 to 2014 or 15, where I was like, maybe I'll watch every important movie. <laughs> and so phase. if I hear that anything about a movie that is good, I will try to watch it. And I just had this big list and this was on it. And what Pat said about them coming up with the idea and getting a budget to do the transformation and that being like, well, then we'll just, we can build a movie around that. Right. Boy, do I agree with that? <laughs> I hate. Oh, I, I don't even know. I shouldn't even say hate. Cause again, I haven't seen it in 10 years. I fucking hated this movie when I watched it though. I would never consider watching it again. I thought it was a complete nothing who cares about anything happening in this movie? Yes. And I, I'm also a person who loves the dark, nihilistic ending. And yeah. didn't work for me here. Doesn't didn't give a shit. I, I think it's an F minus. It's that's very Z validated. Zero on all rating systems, including being scary and Halloween and everything. It's honestly kind of impressive. Allowed. Like it's like when you think about it in these movies and how bad some of them are. Like it's impressive that it managed to be like so bad in that one particular way where you're just like nothing about this was enjoyable to watch even in the bad way even in the guilty pleasure way even in anything way it just was like punishing isn't the right word because it was short so there's that but like there are uh, people who still speak pretty highly of this movie what do they say about it what I, is it that they're into people like this i i don't get it don't ask me but like you, you people think this is good i think this is awful so much of it there wasn't even anything like it was just like him sprinting about like this person we know nothing, nothing about don't care about in any way and we're just like watching him i guess sort of turn it but like again in like the low stakes way in the beginning i don't i don't know whatever I'm what gonna, the fuck ever Who i'm cares? gonna stop yeah. because i'm just gonna like belabor the point but mm, couldn't agree more
I'm going to switch it up and keep with Jen and two movies that I think you liked at least a little more than that. Sound of My Voice and No One Will Save You. Again, really bad title. Sound of My Voice is the cult movie? Yes. What's No One Will Save You? The Alien Home Invasion movie. Can I make yeah. a super quick request? Yeah. Yes. I would love... So we, we discussed how these titles are rough sometimes. Drag Me to Hell, really good. As you're discussing, think about what would be good titles for these movies. There we go. That's Sound hard, though. Good first. titles are apparently hard. That's why these movies have very bad titles. Uh, I liked Sound of My Voice considerably more than No One Will Save You. No One Will Save You because it was interesting while we were watching it. However, it is a movie that made the choice, the coward's choice, to have an ambiguous ending. And not only have an ambiguous ending, but not just a, it could be this or it could be a dream. It could be this or it could be that. But it could be literally anything. And I read an interview about with them afterwards, after we watched it, and they said, we designed the movie so that everything could be interpreted multiple ways. And I was like, fuck you. That's not clever. Or fun. That is what was coward, the point of right. this. That's cowardly. Yeah. yeah. You didn't do anything then. Right. Yeah. Because then it's not even fun to debate, which it is, because you know that there is like there's no actual possible answer because the only reason that anything happened the way it did was to stay ambiguous and to point in multiple directions at once. Which is annoying That's and stupid. Bad. If they had picked one of them and made it that way, I think I would have actually said that it was a pretty fun movie. Like not not amazing, not complicated, but just like a, a tight, doing what it's doing, staying in its lane. Don't think about it too hard, but pretty fun cult movie. Except it fucked it up by thinking it was like pretentious and it wasn't that. It was just stupid. I I agree that it was annoying to leave it so open ended that anything could happen. Um, I I think it was. I didn't. I wasn't quite as bothered by it as Jen was. I it was so. To lay it out very broadly speaking, it's a couple, a, a guy and a girl. The guy is, tr- he is apparently a substitute teacher, but he's trying to become a hardcore investigative journalist. And so he decides that they both have to break into this cult. And uh, so he, it takes a lot of prep work. They have to practice for weeks. Vitally, there's an insanely complicated handshake that is what you have to do at the start of every meeting and they do it all the time. And it's so like childishly silly. It's like, it's goofy. It takes like 15 seconds of constant crazy hand motions. Uh, and anyway, and then it gets like the, he becomes a little bit obsessed with the cult leader who is a woman and the she cult. She says she's from the future. She says she's from the future and she's trying to, yeah, get all these followers and get them to believe her. And he doesn't believe it. Maybe the girlfriend believes it. Maybe she doesn't. Blah, blah, blah. So it's interesting. The The premise is interesting. The, the, it's like pretty well written as far as like scene to scene goes. But I, I agree with the criticism that like they copped out too much. Jen also said that when she was looking at stuff about it, that it was originally planned to be a trilogy and it, and it was just the one movie. So was it going to just be a trilogy of bullshit open ended movies, though? Like, I don't know. I hope that you have to make a choice as you get to the Me end too. of the trilogy. But maybe. I like even when you mention specific stuff, I can feel the part of my brain that wants to latch onto it and be like, ah, oh, yeah, but that is interesting because this. And I'm like, no, it's not interesting because that is just there to make this other possible ending a possible ending. It doesn't mean anything. None of it means anything. And also to Johnny's past multiple points about acting, the guy in it is like 
extremely well cast as an uptight douchebag and the cult leader is extremely well cast and she plays a very similar character in the OA TV show and I feel like it was just again where they was just like good job directors just being like I needed somebody doing that and I found him doing that in that other movie and I'm gonna put him in here doing that in this movie and that is the right call for your stupid 90 minute doesn't mean anything called he was extremely believable as like a guy that was trying to over intellectualize everything but was doing a bad job of it and like very hateable and she was extremely believable as like extremely like charismatic getting people to follow her and fall in love with her essentially and, and so it was it was good it was interesting in and fun way. until the ending and yeah i'm mad what do you think of no one will save you oh go ahead the idea of doing a trilogy based on an initial film that doesn't even establish what happens at the end is really funny to me yeah i like that a lot the idea that was like oh, maybe we'll figure it out later who cares yeah uh, we what actually, are you going to do? We don't actually have a point of view or a plot, and we, <laughs> we didn't want to actually have anybody like pin us down on anything having to make sense ever. So, but we really. You, you got to give them something if you're going to come back and do it two more times. That's yeah. preposterous. Yes. Yes, it is. No one will save you. Alien invasion movie, almost wordless. Another concept movie that therefore is makes me mad, except that this one was not enjoyable to watch um, until the ending, which disappointed me. This was just not enjoyable to watch the whole time. So this one has a lot of buzz. It's on Hulu. It's called No One Will Save You. It is essentially wordless for almost the whole movie. It's one woman who, for reasons they don't explain very well for most of the movie, is like kind of anxious and an outsider and doesn't speak mostly. Uh, but then aliens come to town and start invading, essentially, and she is trying to defend her home. And from the trailers, I thought it was going to be a very tense horror action movie of defending her home against one or more aliens and so the whole device was just going to be the tension of the invasion uh kind of like um uh the quiet place but not quite exactly the same and instead they kind of first of all the not speaking thing was more conspicuously gimmicky than i expected they they really didn't sell you on for a lot of the movie like why she was supposed to be so weird about not talking um, like obviously sometimes movies go too far in the other direction and they talk to themselves to explain what's going on just to provide some dialogue and they definitely didn't fall into that crutch but like <coughs> uh, she was just so it was so weird the way that she didn't talk the whole movie and then after they kind of moved on from her defending herself against an invasion and just took it in a weird direction like two-thirds of the way through the movie and it got way weirder and different than i expected but in, not in weirder like a, makes it sound interesting but it wasn't yeah that's what i was about to say not it wasn't weird, like a pleasant surprise weird. um so i think this was the next to werewolf for my least least enjoyed actually watching it oh wow it was just because okay. it was just boring like it was yeah. it was boring it wasn't scary it wasn't interesting and then on top of it i guess american werewolf wasn't trying to do a whole lot and this kind of thought it was so then on, on top of being boring it also was like annoying thumbs down do not recommend the concept sounds so cool like this sounds like something i would really like i'm when you guys opened it up i was like i i don't know about this but i guess i need to i'm disappointed to hear that apparently i do not need to know anything about that khakis extensively featured khaki extreme khaki vibe (laughs) she's very you want to speak on that tell us more about that just what you want in a (laughs) horror movie (laughs) lots of this is this is a crossover podcast reference I loved the the pod, the chord segment in the most recent episode. Like just A plus. Chef, you, you, you wish it had been chords the whole time. The 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 movie? 
Had this movie been chords, you'd be giving it five thumbs. I'd be giving it more thumbs. I do think what would suck you into the movie in the beginning that would make you think I'm gonna like this movie is the chords vibe. Her outfit. Damn. It's a, she yeah. has they have her doing some like very obvious like um mailing a package like she's an Etsy seller and she's like very like the specific type of cute and like the specific type of like vintagey almost outfit. We're sure this isn't a good movie. You're making it sound I like I want a good you to watch movie. it so that you can then text me about how bad it is because it is not good. <laughs> because it doesn't deliver on anything. I think the thing is it's like it's it's giving you these vibes and then it's only having like and then the action is very boring. I don't it's, like horror movie action. It's but- Caitlin Deaver from Booksmart. Is the, no. the wordless well, one again? We're sure I this is this movie isn't good. <laughs> you watch it and get back to me. I will be shocked if you think I, it's good. The pro- I wish I didn't trust you so much because I'm not going to watch this. It sounds like a piece of shit. People like it, but all the all the things you add up seems like they I should know. add up to something good. It just it it didn't do it. Like and it even tried because like it's not like it's just her running away from aliens. They tried to have this thing about like her backstory and why she doesn't talk to people, and you're kind of like pulling back the layers on it slowly. But somehow you just never care. I do think. By the end of it, I was like ready to walk out of the room. Like I think I might not have seen the last ten minutes. I don't. I think you did. I think you missed part of it, but you did see the very end. But it anyway, boring. it didn't. I was disappointed because it was hyped on the internet. Like people like it a lot and say it's like a new, you know. Because unlike Bird Mom, it promised vibes and it did not deliver. I'm gonna move into movies that we enjoyed watching. How's that sound? Or or media. Abby, let's talk about Fall of House of Usher. Oh boy. Yeah. This was my right. one of my favorite things that I watched of all these. Yes, agreed. It was not scary. I think it let me down in that way because I, Mike Flanagan, I I think maybe I have been more scared by his stuff in the past than you, Pat. So maybe you weren't expecting that at all. But like, I felt like his previous ones, which have always been a, a little Halloween treat, um, have had sort of scarier pieces. And this one was not scary. And so that was my only disappointment in it. Otherwise, I really enjoyed it. It was like super, yeah, I was super into it. It was very fun. Yeah, I thought it was great. It was, um, so again, Mike Flanagan, so Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Blind Manor, Midnight Mass, all of his recent Netflix mini series. Uh, this one was like, Chris Jones described it as, and he, I think he got it from somewhere else, but essentially Succession meets Final Destination. Um, it is a very rich, very evil family. And it is, as it says on the box, it is the fall of them. Uh, so another one that it has an extremely accurate title for sure, but good title. Thanks. Good title. Thanks. Edgar. Very talented. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So it sets up the formula immediately. Uh, essentially every episode, someone is going to die in a horrible way because the family is essentially cursed. And, they talk about how bad the family is and how bad all the individual members are. And then something just just awful happens to them at the end. And it just slowly deteriorates as, as the whole thing goes away. Um, I thought that the, yeah, it was really, the writing was really good. The dialogue was good. I like, he reuses a lot of the same actors, obviously, between his different shows. And I think yes, that was a really good cast. Yeah. Um, the, the, to me, I thought it still was, again, I think I wasn't, I thought it was somewhat scary, not in a way that bothered me, but I thought it, there were certainly scares in it. Um, it gets, again, another one that has, like, graphic violence in a lot of ways um, that people could find scary. But, of course, you you know everything's coming because it is so formulaic. And, in fact, there's usually an exact foreshadowing of what's going to happen to the individual family member earlier on. 
Yeah, what I was it's super formulaic, but in a really satisfying way. It felt like a it felt like reading a really long, fun mystery book to me, like where you're like, I know what I'm getting into. Like I'm set like each episode, like I'm signing up to go on this journey and I know what the journey is going to I know the shape the journey is going to take, but I don't know exactly what it's gonna look like. And then like the moments where it surprised you within that formula. Um and I think ultimately you know, it has sort of like what's happening in each episode. And then there's this larger sort of like, how did we get here? <laughs> like, why is this happening at all? Larger arc of a mystery. And I thought that was relatively satisfying too. So I thought that was, I mean, cause I think there's a version of that where it's just super formulaic and thus not enjoyable. And I thought it actually made it super digestible, super fun. You know, we watched it over the course of a few nights and it was like, I always wanted to watch the next one, but it also was okay to like stop and know that we were doing it the next night. Like it just was a really, really fun watching experience. Um, and yes, super well-written, which is always really satisfying too. Um, it was creepy for sure. I'd give it many uh, jack-o'-lanterns um, in terms of vibes, but I don't, like it wasn't, some of his other, like uh, Haunting of Hill House has some moments that still, if I think about them as I'm going to pee in the middle of the night, I get a little freaked out about it. And like, there's nothing from this that's going to do that to me. Um, and then of course, as an English major, it was fun to see, like the title of each one was based on a Poe story. And then the what would happen within that was based on the Poe story. And so to sort of see like, how are they tying that in and keeping it really modern and how they brought that all in was very fun and satisfying to see the illusions um, of the different things. Yeah. I, I thought that, yeah, the overall tying it into different uh, post stories and poems was really good. And again, I, I loved the structure. I loved that element of it. The one thing that I com would complain about is the fact that they then would go further and take a very long block quote from an Edgar Allan Poe poem out of the voice out of the mouth of one of the characters yeah, that was the least uh successful <laughs> for sure <laughs> was it was, not, all, it was, was not expecting every that. time it happened after no, abby's actually, no, review the only time it, yeah the only time it didn't was when i think there's a funeral and like the priest is saying like flowery text that is a poe poem and like that made sense at no other time did it make any sense for anyone to be saying poetry yeah it, that part was a, a downer and it happened essentially once an episode based on the title yeah. poem of that episode. And that was like, uh, we're, we're to that part of the episode. Uh, this is goofy. Was it, were they long? Pretty. I mean, sometimes they were just a couple lines, but a few times, like there's one where like one of the characters is just like staring at another character and says like, probably like a three page poem, <laughs> like just like <laughs> going for it. <laughs> and, uh, and, you're, and then the person's like, I don't understand. And she's like, you will. That oh, was very no. lame. Yep. That was one of the lamer ones. Yeah. I uh, must know your skeletons. So. Oh, skeleton. Uh, oh. Two? In the context of scary movies? I There's a couple jump scares, but I think I they're, they're minor. Oh, boy. And I think... you know they're coming. They're, like, yeah. is a jump scare in the sense that it is something jumping out visually, but like, <clears throat> you know exactly when it's about to happen, pretty much. Yeah, totally. I would say I think the first episode is in some ways like the scariest because you're figure you're getting your feet underneath you, and then after that, like there's some there's a few gross things. I think Gary, who we have established this year is a wimp about these things, um, would maybe say it was three skeletons because of some of the gore, like some of the gory images stuck with him a little bit more. I think, but I yeah, I had two skeletons, and I'm a I'm a wimp and like I'm a wimp about I like this stuff, but I do get scared easily, and I thought this was not scary. 
I opted out entirely on the Hill House. I didn't I didn't watch it because Pat was like again he's like he's like running like a million movies by me I'm watching some trailers we didn't trailer for this before he watched it it was a tv show I think he didn't pitch it hard because it's so many episodes and then he said Haunting of Hill House and I was like no thank you goodbye you enjoy and now I'm very jealous because I think that this would have been one that I if I could tolerate the skellies would have liked I say four jack-o'-lanterns three skeletons Five thumbs up. Oh, see, God yeah, damn it! I think I, I, I think I'm right there. I guess I said two skeletons, but I think yeah, I would say four to five jack o' lanterns, two to three skeletons, and five thumbs up. Sure, I really enjoyed it a lot. And my problem with Mike Flanagan every time, I always enjoy his ride. I liked Midnight Mass the least of these four, maybe I guess, um, but. I always enjoy his ride and he could never land the plane, which is a phrase that Jen taught me, but like he never, he just, he can't do it. Um, The endings are always like fine to lame. Like they're just like, they're sort of disappointing. He built, he weaves this great web and then you're like, Oh, okay. And I thought that this, because it was a little bit more like a mystery um, and had this like very tight formula and like, the house is going to fall. It's right there in the title. Like I thought this was one of the more successful endings. It got a little preachy. He can't resist. He can't like help himself like talking about humanity, etc. But I thought this was like, because it just could continue the formula and brought in a couple extra little things. I thought this was one of the more successful endings of any of these uh, series of his. I agree. I have some stuff I'd like to say. Yes. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, one, I don't know how Pat would ever attempt to do this, but uh, based on the rating system, that sounded like perhaps the largest numbers we've gotten so far. And like, it doesn't make any sense to be like, oh, well, skeletons and jack-o'-lanterns <laughs> and thumbs are all on the same scale. So whichever comes the closest to 15 is the best thing. But that, that sounded like the thing that came closest to 15. Hello, everyone. It's Pat again. I am interrupting myself to say that obviously we had a lot to talk about. It was so great having uh, four people, including myself, on the podcast. And we went very, very long. And so I am cutting it off here for part one. And there will be a part two. Uh, And so I want you to come back and listen to the second part because I promise there's more good stuff. Especially be on the lookout, for instance, for John's feelings on Wishmaster 1 and 2. Um, we talk about Pontypool and Bones and All, two of the highlights of the entire year. Uh, Jen talks about the entire Blade trilogy. And then at the very end, if you were taking fastidious notes, you know that there were so many that I watched that no one else did. And so I'm going to run through a lot of them just to give some, you know, heads up for things to look out for, including, for instance, The Nun 1, The Nun 2, Evil Dead 2013, Evil Dead Rise... Uh, the old Japanese horror movie Norori, The Curse, uh, Slither, and then most importantly, Deadly Friend and Magic Magic. I really have to go on on those. So please do come back. There's so much more. Thank you for listening so far. I will release the next episode relatively shortly. I hope everyone's in the Halloween spirit and you have a great time. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.